Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Yard Sign, the most important and relevant podcast in politics. Your host, as always, Johnny Torres. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, I hope you had a great weekend and uh, not too rough on a Monday. I know some, uh, some of the folks in my universe had, uh, had a Monday. Oh, did they have a Monday? So hopefully yours was certainly better than theirs. Uh, of course, uh, the world does not stop spinning, so we're going to be talking about quite a bit uh, about what's happening around the world tonight. Uh, we got a uh, an old face, and I don't mean that in terms of their age. I just mean someone we haven't seen in a while <laughs> joining us tonight. Hopefully, they Shots won't fired. take that personally. But I didn't. Shots fired. <laughs> oh my goodness! Anyhow, uh, Johnny Torres, your host as always. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and follow us on all our social media platforms. Uh, you can do so. Uh, also, get the audio version of our podcast on the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, uh, and iHeartRadio. All right, so make sure you download the audio version of our podcast there. Uh, we'll have the um, conversation with Jimmy T. Smith uh, up there uh, very soon as well. Uh, we had a long uh, forum discussion on just Afghanistan. It was a great conversation. If you haven't seen that yet, you can find it on our Facebook page or at our YouTube channel. Uh, and uh, and then, of course, uh, because it continues to be a situation that is going to be one of tonight's topics as well. Um, as always, we thank you so much for watching. Uh, let's see here. Do, do, do. I'm trying to find uh, our broadcast here and our list of events, because uh, uh, of topics, I'm sorry, because of course there is a lot going on. We are going to dive right into uh, Afghanistan as our first topic, as Kabul continues to be a big mess. Uh, and then, of course, uh, a huge topic that uh, it, you know nobody's really talking about is going to be the effect of the eviction uh, moratorium. Okay, the real estate industry is watching this quite closely. And of course, your lower income, middle income families are also watching this closely uh, because this could really uh, have a huge impact on the real estate market, especially here in Florida, where it has just been explosive. Um, you know, and so what kind of an effect is that going to have on our on our economy and on our real estate industry? Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And then follow the science as we continue to battle COVID and the Delta variant. Um, you know, the, the the battle rages on about mass mandates and uh, as well as uh, the vaccines and, of course, the monoclonal uh, uh, treatments as well. We're going to be talking about that. So let's go over to the big table and introduce tonight's guests. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, to the far right is Anibal David Cabrera. My right, your left. Uh, hello. And, uh, and someone who we haven't had on in a while, but I'm incredibly excited to have back, the one and only... Jody Lopes, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me back, even though you called me old. <laughs> <laughs> you We're know gonna, what I meant. We're going to let it slide. It is my birthday next week, so I am taking the old comment just a little bit to heart. Ooh, just yeah, bad bit. timing. Good just job. Just a little Good bit, job. but it's yeah. great. It's, it's so nice to see you guys again. It's nice to have me back. Um, <laughs> it is nice to have you back. Nice to have me back. I know, and, and your unique perspective. Can't wait to uh, have you chime in on tonight's topics. So unique. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and then as for those of you who are regulars in terms of watching the show, uh, you know that uh, we're constantly working on things here. So the lighting looks a little different. The room looks a little different. Again, we're always kind of playing around with, uh, with the set. But first, let's go ahead and uh, jump into Afghanistan. And Kabul goes kaput. Um, it just continues to be a mess down there. Uh, President Biden continuing to refuse to answer uh, any unexpected questions on Afghanistan. Um, he is being, uh, I mean, 
I mean, really, it, it, I mean, some, you know, people have used this metaphorically, but he is almost quite literally a puppet at this point because he will not any, answer any questions that he has not uh, been privy to in advance. He will not call in any reporters that have not been screened in advance. Uh, and so really, he's just a mouthpiece at this point for whoever it is that's uh, pulling the strings behind the scenes. Um, you guys were looking into this before starting in the, uh, the show today. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what, what's happening. We, we know there's still thousands of Americans that are trapped in Afghanistan. Um, and now we're hearing about uh, some former, you know, military. You know, we got veterans that are involved in the process, uh, really trying to do everything they can. Uh, because, again, the, the government doesn't do anything well other than collect taxes and kill people, right? Um, and so um, in this case, you know, yeah, they, they, they're not able to extract the Americans as quickly as they should, even though we have all the resources. They're claiming that they're doing drone strikes on the Taliban, but won't release who the, who the even though we've always said, you know, in all the previous drone strikes, even under the Obama administration, oh, we got this guy, we got this guy, and they'd put out their names, and you know, and now they're all of a sudden being real secretive about who they actually hit, when we know now for a fact that they actually also uh, hit civilians in the process. I think that's a big Did, part of it, Johnny. Yeah. I think that a lot of the reason that we're not hearing anything is because I don't think that they're sure themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think a lot of it is they don't really know what's going on there. And and now there is no more going on on the ground anymore, right? So as of 3.29 p.m. Eastern today, that's it. The last flight left, right? right? Um, so... I just don't think that they know, and I think that the mainstream media has done a really great job of keeping us uninformed about Afghanistan. I will readily admit that I get most of my news on Afghanistan from TikTok. Wow. So um, I just find that people are sharing things a little bit more freely on there. Yeah. I find that it's not information that's you should think this or you should think that. It's it's regular people that have contacts on the ground or that have videos that they're showing um, or that are just like laying out some random facts and just like you have at it. You think what you want about this, right? right. So um, I just think the mainstream media has done a really good job of just keeping us all away from it. But I don't think the administration is telling them anything either because I don't think that they know any better. And I don't think that anybody really knows how many Americans are left in Kabul because you know, over the course of, let's just say, the last week, you know, we've run into a lot of things where it's hard to stay in contact with people. I was, you know, I was, I was watching something on um, Pulaski, is that her name? Um, and she's like, they can text us, they can WhatsApp us, they can email us. And it's like, well, when cell towers are going down and when people are panicking and everything's jammed, how are they supposed to get in contact with Sure, you? right. You know, and it's like, we can't even get in contact with things here. So how, how are they supposed to be doing this from the ground in Afghanistan? Yeah. Right? So I think that they think there's just a couple hundred Americans left. Um, but who knows? And then look at all of the allies that we've left there as well. I mean, these interpreters that have worked with us for 20 years, that's all that they know their families are now on hit lists and they literally cannot get past these checkpoints. A hit well, list that we gave them. I think that's something that, <laughs> yeah. there are a lot of, the, every day more and more questions are needing to be answered about what what happened. How did this 
become the way it did and how after knowing about this transition for 15 months how did you not plan accordingly to ensure the safety of our citizens and of the individuals that have helped us uh, the afghanistan's afghanis that have helped us as a country as a nation to be able to build somewhat of a sovereign nation from their side so i think that has a lot right there if you don't know the number of americans that are on the ground then what are you doing at the embassy honestly what are you doing at the embassy because it doesn't make any sense you should know how many Americans that just by them registering to get into the country providing visas and everything else you don't you can't give a number I remember watching the the um, Pentagon briefings and the generals were getting agitated because people were asking them very difficult questions and it's almost like they weren't expecting this media to ask those kind of questions with this administration they thought they were going to get a free pass they thought they were doing what they wanted to do and the media jumped on top of it now to say that the media did it on purpose or just to get more ratings, that's, that's up to interpretation. But at the end of the day, they're asking questions that a lot of people are asking. You know, I wonder, too, it's like, you know, we expect for there to be this accounting of who's in the country or we expect for there to be an accounting of, like, who are our allies that should be getting out. But part of me is just wondering, did it go to shit so fast that we don't know who got out on their own? We don't know who were on the planes. We don't know. Like, like what was the list for for allies to get out, right? Like, how long did you have to have your visa permit for? Did right. you have to be like a P priority one, two, or three? How do you know when people are just storming the airport because they're so afraid of what's going to happen? How do you how do you know that we even got the right people out? Like, I, I just think it's been so chaotic because it was so poorly planned that mm -hmm. even if they thought they knew how many Americans were left, I I don't I don't think it would be the right number anyway. Yeah. Um, and we know there's just thousands and thousands of interpreters and allies and their family just still there. Well, it's kind of gotten to the point where what else can this administration do wrong yeah. in this situation? Um, they're obviously not doing what they're supposed to, which is to get the American lives out of there. Um, they're using all kinds of excuses. Now, all of a sudden, now that he's that Joe Biden's removed 26,000 troops, now he wants to send 5,000 back because they're starting to attack. You know, and it's like, why didn't you think of this in the first place? It literally sounds like they're making it up as they go. They are. They are making it up as they go. You can definitely see that there is no continuity when it comes to this. Yeah. Again, when you evac the military before you evac the citizens, and the ground and the embassy, that tells you that no one knows what they're doing. And, the f and then they keep on talking. They're trying to... You cannot, in the same breath, say that I take full responsibility, but, oh, by the way, this is Trump's fault. Like, you can't do that. Everyone's going to think that you're an idiot. When he talked on Thursday after the bombing, and it was a horrible situation, because on last week, we talked about how the, the only way this gets worse is if there's an attack. And unfortunately there was an attack which 13 american lives were lost and that could have been prevented there's already leaks on the new york post and other websites on the hill and the politico talking about the pentagon knew a week or two before that this was going to happen well they started clearing it out i Correct. mean they knew that there was a threat of it but like duh yeah and then you, and then right? you knew yeah. it was going to get even worse because Bangra Air Force Base and then the prison that was attached to it as well were completely let out. So you have thousands of, of people that have been in prison for years probably, now fresh bodies to be used for suicide bombing. Yeah. This was this was bound to happen. That's the sad part of this whole situation is that we knew something was gonna get it was gonna get even worse. I think that the best part of the situation and I, I don't I think I use that lightly, but we were talking about it before is watching how veterans and previous special operations um, 
came together and were able to get more than a thousand Afghan allies around checkpoints mm -hmm. so that they could get to the airport before that bombing happened. Once that bombing happened, I think that a lot of that operation ended up so having hard. to be suspended. But citizens here, veterans at home, like using satellite imagery to navigate people around on almost an underground railroad system yeah. so that they could get around checkpoints and get to the airport. And I'm just, it really baffles me and I have a little bit of goosebumps because I just don't understand why we would start moving our troops out without first helping people get to a safe location. Mm -hmm. Or why would we move our troops out instead of having them, and this is a worst case scenario, but why wouldn't we have them walk out of the country to somewhere safe with people? Just to make sure, like just put everybody together and everybody start going because that's what they're gonna end up doing now right. as refugees is they're gonna try to have to walk out of this country. And there's so many checkpoints and there's just so many things that are gonna happen along the way that they're just, they're not gonna get there. And now they're talking about all these nations are gonna come together and the Taliban's gonna create a safe passageway for them. And like, let's just be honest, this isn't gonna be the case. This isn't gonna be what happens. This isn't gonna be safe for these people. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody tries to leave, they are going to be an immediate target. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just I just don't understand. And I'm just so proud of people back home for doing every little bit that they can. And I'm really disappointed in the administration. And I am just so afraid for the people that are still there, I'm especially women. Yeah. I'm disappointed in the administration. I'm disappointed in the president, the way he looked. Or, he looked so defeated at the news conference when he was getting, when he was getting pummeled by... Um, news anchor, news reporters, and then the whole part of like, well, I really shouldn't be answering these questions. Like he's saying the loud part, the, the quiet part <laughs> loudly. Right. Like you're not yeah. supposed to say, oh, they told me not to say anything. Like, yeah. who, who told you not to say anything? Are, you are making it sound more. You're giving more credence to people that think you're a puppet, and and it makes you look so. Well, weird. at this point, it's it's he's he's confirmed it almost himself. Yeah. I mean, between the list of oh well, here's who I'm supposed to call on. You know, and and again, uh, you know, there was a meeting where he was meeting, you know, re, the this past week with someone from Israel. Mm -hmm. You know, and it looked like he had fallen asleep in the middle of the meeting. You know, while they're surrounded by press, you know, this guy is quite literally asleep at the wheel, and 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 it just seems that from the top down, they have no clue what they're doing on on a day to day basis uh, with this situation in Afghanistan. No, we have the end of the of the Taliban of the Afghan war. Where at the same time, a hurricane is beating down right. on, Louisiana. on Louisiana, which again, a prayers, thoughts, and prayers for that part of the city, that part of the country. But there are multiple things happening at one time. God forbid something else is occurring right. in this week, and now you've eaten up the twenty hours that are allocated to Biden working during the week between his milk and cookies and and naps. <laughs> so like now, what time is he going to have to do what needs to get done? Right. And again, you wouldn't have this situation with the last president or even other presidents in the past. We just don't have the kind of president that you need, that we need at the moment. We have hundreds of things happening, an epidemic still occurring in this country, and you have the president just sitting there taking a nap when sitting next to the, the prime minister of Israel. Yeah, it, it's, it's frightening. Um, you know, and to think, and you almost wonder if they laid the groundwork this way so that they then they could excuse, right, the, these missteps by Biden. But they were trying to invoke the 25th Amendment for far less than, you know, under the Trump administration, you know, because, oh, he tripped at one point. 
Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's going to happen. It was a, like a sweat, uh, it was like a wet walkway or something like that. Yeah. You know, and uh, and they were trying to say that he was on drugs, that he wasn't mentally, you know, um, uh, up to par. You know, they, they accused him of all these, like, horrible things. And then here we go, you know, president who's, who's practically, you know, on, on stage with, you know, almost full-blown dementia, it seems like sometimes, um, where, you know, he can't get through a press conference or a speech without looking at his notes. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's unfortunate because it couldn't have come at a worse time, mm. you know, and, and honestly, it was kind of one of those situations that, I mean, we don't know what would have happened under the Trump administration. Obviously, they had already been planning this for quite some time, sure. you know, so I'd like to think that they obviously had some sort of um, a plan in place, you know, for an evacuation that was far more than, than what we're seeing right no, now. No, I think they truly thought that the Taliban were going to get to Kabul anytime soon. It took two years for North, Vietnam, uh, North Vietnam to get to Saigon, so it took time. Again, the this... <sighs> I think they knew. I think they knew, because don't forget to, you know, I think we've talked about this as um, a friend of mine's been actively working to get um, his interpreter out of Kabul and out of Afghanistan, and we knew two to three months ago that... They were coming, they were coming quickly, and he needed help to get his visa. I mean, we started this a long time ago with doing, trying to figure out passports, trying to figure out how to get the visa, trying to send letters to senators and, and state representatives and just anybody that would listen. So the people of Afghanistan knew this This had been happening. So if the people knew, how did the administration not know? Because the administration didn't care. Well, I think part of it is that this current administration has done so much to just say, like, Trump was so bad and we don't want to use any of the policies or any of the plans or any of the playbook that they had. I, I just think that they were so lost up in their hatred for, for what Trump had done before that maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe there was a plan, maybe there wasn't a plan. Something tells me there had to have been some kind of evacuation strategy. But I think that they just decided to ignore everything because it came from the Trump administration. Biden, and then just yeah. wanted to say, we just blame it on you. Biden wanted to get out of Afghanistan no matter what. And that kind of ill-planned, ill-prepared um, way of being cost the lives of 13 people. I'll, I'll call it out right there. I think it cost the lives of 13 Marines. And it's because yeah. of the ill-planned situation. You had a treaty with the Taliban and the Afghan government that as long as these things were held as bunch marks and everything else, then we would withdraw. And after the Biden administration, it pushed from May 1st or May 30th to August 31st to be completely out of Afghanistan. But that's with, but that was also contingent on things happening with the Taliban right. and making sure. So then when you're getting reports in June that the Taliban are starting to take over provincial capitals, that's not keeping in line of what the negotiations. So you could have easily pushed back. It's okay, we're not leaving. Yeah. We're adding more troops or we're going to give you more air support. Because that's what happens. It's not like, and but we also, knew. But we knew that Trump didn't. Trump never had the appetite for you know for in, uh, that type of conflict, you know, because he almost his entire life, you know, since he's been a public figure, anyways, he's always talked about being in wars that we don't need to be in. Correct. Um, and and so I don't know that I would have seen him escalate the situation, even though uh, again they went against the treaty, which we know they would have done as soon as the that as soon as the election w was was. Uh, but that's what that's where the difference is. We don't know what would have happened in June during the Trump administration. I right. think he would have bombed the hell out of the Taliban if they were taking over provincial capitals. And again, that's where we that's where we're at. We were trying to leave the Afghanistan's Afghans with enough breathing room to run it through. 
I don't I don't like how some people are saying that the the Afghan military was weak and they were cowards. Fifty thousand Afghans military people have died since right. the start of the conflict. Yeah, trying yeah. To there's some the pushback. Taliban. There's been some pushback yeah. in but certain when, areas. But when you have no confidence in your in your generals, you have no confidence in your provincial you government. Don't have leadership. Right. You have no leadership. Yeah. Why you would leadership. you? And then you don't get paid for three to four months. Why would you? Why would you try to sacrifice your life? There makes no point. So right. a lot of that stuff was with the weak leadership, and and like at the end of the day, Biden is a weak leader. And you know the other thing, you know, when we're talking about the bombing and and the deaths that happened at the airport on Thursday, you know, I hear every now and then I'm I'm hearing on the news that's saying like, oh well, we didn't have these deaths under the Trump administration because he had this treaty with the Taliban. But I just want to point out, in case we didn't know. 2014 in the entire year, 37 service members were killed in action in Afghanistan. From 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 2020, for any year, there was not 13 deaths for any year. So like the most from there was 12 in 2018 for the entire year. And we have got 13 service members that have lost their lives in one day right? because of the way that we executed this. Correct. Yeah. And it, I just, I think that people just need to recognize it hasn't only been zero deaths since, I believe it was March 2020 up until this Thursday, but the amount over the course of a year and the course of a day, it's just, it's absolutely astonishing to me that we're not recognizing yeah. that and that instead we're saying, oh, it was because of the treaty. It wasn't. And Let's that, go back yeah. to 2015. Yeah. And, that's not, and that's not us having 100,000 troops in Afghanistan. That's us having maybe 5,000 troops. Yeah. We have been whining. This isn't rocket science. An easy wind down is what we've been doing for years. Right. And yet we were still able to hold Afghanistan together with tw what, 2,500 servicemen and women with air support. You were able to keep it together. You could have done this for another 20 years. Yeah, the worst, the worst part, the, 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 the part, though, about the agreement with them that I think really kind of put us uh, in a bad position was the fact that there was a timeline in mm -hmm. place. Yeah. You know, so they knew. Instead of were, objectives. Yeah, and they were basically watching the clock. And then once the election, you know, went the other way, I mean, all bets were off. Correct. Right? Because they knew there'd be a transition. They knew that there'd be a lot of chaos, you know, between the last three months of the administration and the first three months of the new one. And that's exactly when they took advantage. And that's yeah. exactly when they went in. They moved in on these other cities. Um, uh, and, and so, you know, again, at this point, other than getting Americans out, I don't know that there's... I mean, gosh, you, you hope that it can't possibly get worse. I mean, is it going to get worse for the Afghanis? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. The stories it that, already is. Yeah, the stories it that we're going to hear yeah. out of Afghan Afghanistan are going to be horrendous because of the amount. I mean, again, just two months ago, they were talking about fall semester classes with, like, gender study classes. Like, they, they really thought nothing was going to change two months ago. And, again, you had diplomats on the ground saying to the White House, Things are getting worse because they know the time is coming to when they're leaving and they're taking over these provincial capitals right. around the country. And even with that, they decided to still not do anything. Again, it is, it's incompetence on the, on the 12th degree, and that incompetence caused the lives of 13 people. That's going to cause the lives of a lot more. And I think 90 that Afghanistans, like, and almost like 100, over 100 Afghans and 13 American citizens. So It's just, it's, it's really... I, Lives are going to absolutely change. I'm, I'm really worried that we're not going to be exposed to what's happening now that we're off the ground. Mm -hmm. I think that 
the only way that we can continue to see what's happening and continue to monitor and continue to be informed, unfortunately, are these like underground sources of news, right? Yeah. Like, like it, it hurts me to say that I, I get my news from TikTok, but like that's that's where I'm at. Well, these it's unfiltered, days. and it's people that are on the ground. It's, it's people, just videos you know, or it's, calling their friends right. when service members were there. They were, you know, they were able to communicate and then get the messages out. Or I mean, it's things too, like like Snapchat. If you look at some of the stories, or I mean, it's just it's sad that this is how we have to get stuff. But I'm because well, you can't trust worried. the media anymore. Well, no. that's yeah. Now the media is going to cover for the administration because they're the one that put them put him there in the first place. They're yeah. going to make it all seem very hunky dory, like the, you know people are being treated correctly. They're able to get out if they want to get out, and and I, that is just simply not the case. It's just simply not the case. Well, and look, and and obviously uh, there's not a lot of people that would go into a war zone willingly, right? right? But I mean, look at you know what CNN did, and yes, kudos to her for being brave enough to go into a war zone and do that type of coverage. But at the same time, to be like, oh, they're chanting death to America, but they're also being kind of friendly about it you know it's like it goes back to when they were rioting you know it's like mostly friendly riots you know meanwhile he's standing in Shots. front of a burning building <laughs> you know and so it, it you know again it, it, it i think the bigger picture here is that i think we've learned even at a global level that we can't trust uh the media because and, and especially here in this country where we have really built been kind of handled with with the soft glove mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they don't we don't even truly see um you know what a lot of other media outlets around the world will show their audiences mm -hmm. you know in terms of true war um you know because they don't think we have the stomach for it um but i think that you know in certain cases and we talked about this when joe's in the show you know like i think we need to see those images you know because it needs to reinforce the fact that we don't need to be in these type of conflicts to begin with well, and we're not used to having anything here, right? Like, we've right. been so sheltered as Americans yeah. that, you know, we've, we've had things happen and we've had loss and we've had tragedy and, and we've, we've had some, some terrorism happen and it's been, you know, homegrown terrorism or foreign terrorism, whatever, but we have been so sheltered. And we will continue. Incredibly sheltered as a people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the problem. Americans will continue to, to live in their bubbles, live in their West Chase, their Chevals, their, their river views, and not really focus on what's going on in the outside world. Again, we're having a situation now where we're really pushing for, um, for us to really get back into the United States, be very isola isolationist, and just focus on ourselves and not really focus on global issues. And don't get me wrong, to an extent, I kind of agree with that. A lot of our infrastructure, a lot of our businesses, and a lot of our industry needs to move back to the United States or move out of China, at least. But that's also going to cause problems. That's why you allowed the rise of the Third Reich to occur. That's why you allowed what happened with um, Pol Pot and in, in, in China. I mean, when when capital, when communism is, is a rounding issue that they're like, well, you had 50, 50 million people died because of what happened in China. Well, it had to get done because of communism. What? And that's what yeah. Americans never realize what's really happening outside the country because mm -hmm. you have a lot of freedoms in this country, a lot of freedoms that protect us, even within states. Mm -hmm. The government the government structure uh, protects us from tyrannical governments, even tyrannical leaders within inside the country. Right. All right. Well, uh, on that note, again, thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you for tuning into The Yard Sign uh, every Monday night around 7 o'clock. We appreciate you. Thanks for likes, comments, and shares. We are missing uh, – uh, we don't have uh, Hector in the comment section tonight. It's a little quiet over there. 
but we certainly appreciate you uh, being on the show and watching the show whenever, wherever you may be doing so. Uh, don't forget to, to subscribe for the audio portion of our show on any of the podcast platforms. That would be Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, and, of course, iHeartRadio. Uh, joining me today, Jody Lopes. Hey, and Anibal David Cabrera. Uh, we're going to go into our second uh, topic, which is, uh, you know, uh, definitely much more of a national issue. Uh, but I think it's going to be, uh, uh, this could be a black hole, I think, for our economy. I think this could be a black hole, especially for the real estate industry. We're not really entirely sure what kind of an effect, because we've never been in this kind of position before. But the eviction moratorium uh, has been turned down, you know, for an extension uh, by the Supreme Court. Uh, of course, this came about during the Trump administration when COVID first hit. We implemented this eviction moratorium. A lot of people have obviously benefited from it. Uh, we have families, you know, that again um, uh, were were at least safe, you know, during COVID when they lost their jobs and weren't able to work from home because again, not everybody okay. is able to work from home. Uh, and and now. Uh, it's going to be like the big question mark about, well, how is this handled? You know, because I can imagine, you know, the landlords aren't just going to let you kind of pick up where you left off. No, you I mean, know, they're they going to want money too. Yeah, they're going to want their, their rent in arrears. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the people who have been getting checks from the government. We don't know to what extent they have or haven't been using that money. Um, and, and so it's almost this really scary domino effect that I think is going to happen. I think there's undoubtedly this is going to affect the real estate industry uh, because I think we're going to see foreclosures. Um, I think we're going to see mortgages, um, uh, you know, again, um, lapse. Uh, and then the rental market, I think, is just going to see a huge vacuum uh, because in some of these cases, again, they have buildings, they have lots of units, um, and that's part of the reason that rent is so expensive right now. I mean, I think here in Tampa Bay, which is kind of an anomaly uh, nationally, but we are among the highest, uh, one of the cities where the rent has risen the fastest over the past year. Well, we're also um, the state everybody's moving to, correct. so we, we've right. got a completely different market than, than so, a lot of the So places. that's the big question mark, right? Like, we don't know how much of that is real and how much of that demand is simply because of the eviction moratorium where people haven't had a lot of mobility, you know, and so now all of a sudden you got building uh, and building owners, you got property management companies who are about to kick a whole lot of people out, um, and it's going to create this vacuum. I think. I don't think it's going to happen as fast as we think it's going to, though, I agree. because I agree with Jody. Evictions are going to take right there. No matter what you have to do, court paperwork, you've got to set it up. Once all these start hitting, the courts are going to get backed up. It's going to take even longer to be able to evict people. Like 60 to 90 days. Yeah. Uh, we, are, we are talking about a very long sunset when it comes to people getting kicked out. Yeah. Also, allowing for the... In, we have a huge inventory problem in the country where there's just there's not enough inventory to focus on the demand that's occurring. See, but I think part of the reason there isn't inventory is because people, people aren't moving. Well, people can't move. And, and, well, some people can't move and some people won't move. You know, and so some again, people are enjoying the freebiness of it sure, right of now, course. or yeah, they're not working, so they can't afford the moving truck and the security deposit and all that that comes along with being a renter and moving. I mean, I think that I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. I think what we're going to see, though, is 
landlords that were in the game for small bits and pieces, like I have one rental property yeah. or I have two rental properties or it was my grandmother's house and now I rent it, I think they're going to sell. So I, I think we're going to have a buyer's market to where there's more inventory on the market. Yeah. But I think people's credit is going to go to crap because they stayed in these houses they shouldn't have been in and maybe yeah. collected money and maybe they can buy and they were waiting for inventory or prices to come down. Right. Um, or they're... They're, they did a forbearance, and now they owe a lump sum on their mortgage, and their credit's going to be shit, and they're going to get a foreclosure. There's going to be so many different examples of yeah. what this is going to look like that I think it's going to it's going to mellow out the market. If it was if there was really something that we were going to see a spike in foreclosures, if we were going to see a, a hit in the in the U.S. market, then we would see we would have saw the stock market take a, a tumble today, mm -hmm. and we didn't. We saw it rise um, because of what was going on. Because now this kind of alleviates a lot of problems. Also, this forty seven billion dollars in um, I believe in rental assistance that individuals and landlords are able okay. to take advantage of and I think that's this is gonna require them to clean it up because it's nowhere near how clean it was for PVP that was a lot easier you give it to the business owner if they use it correctly that's sure fine. If they don't you're gonna get you're gonna take it back later right so what happened with this additional program government program it became very very of course what government does is what it does it, it be it built a bureaucracy around it to where you had to provide all the documentation ahead of time before you could do anything so I think what we're gonna see is we're going to see a relax in inventory is definitely what we're gonna see yes people are gonna get put out on the streets and we're gonna have to figure out what to do with that yeah but it's not like you didn't know this was coming also right. the CD CDC should not have had this amount of power ever to have this kind of um, uh, power over landlords. And the fact that it took the, the Supreme Court this long to push it back, it's a six to three decision. So this is definitely going to hold. No, but they, I think the Supreme Court also uh, you know, knew that this was going to have a major ripple effect you know, w within our economy. Uh, to what extent? Who knows, right? Um, but I think at the very least, I think we're, we're probably going to see a vacuum effect in the rental market. Uh, maybe not so much in the ownership market in terms of actual real estate. You know, I think it will, it will maybe subside and, and, and it'll, it'll start to level off a little bit. Um, you know, that's, that's another way to look at it, but there's no way that the rental market specifically isn't going to be affected by this, especially when, you know, uh, a year ago you were paying 1500 for a place and now you're going to pay north of two grand for. Yeah. Part of that's the housing market though, it that's driving that market. up. I mean, there's a lot of things driving that up and I don't think it's just this eviction moratorium. I also I agree with that. I mean, the, uh, right now in downtown Tampa, they're about to put 10,000 units on live because there's just, the, the demand is so great. There's a there's a building in Clearwater that's 61 units and it's taking it's taking us no time to fill it up whatsoever. And yeah. these are very high prices for something that is a two two and under two, and under a thousand square yeah. feet. And it's pushing it's pushing almost two thousand dollars a month. And we have people that have been moving here from the north, where if you're coming mm -hmm. from anywhere in the northeast. Our measly $2,000 for a two-bedroom, two-bath <laughs> downtown is nothing to them. Right. And, and the same with when they're purchasing houses. You know, they're looking at four or $500,000 houses just like, what whatevs. Because yeah. to them, it's such a difference from what they're used to paying in the Northeast. Well, that's an well, I agree with you, John, angle that too. it's going gonna, it's gonna to split the country. So, right. we're, so what happens in Minneapolis, Minnesota is not going to is not gonna happen here. Year. Or what happens in Detroit is not going to happen in San Francisco. Right. If anything, and the whole California conversation is another thing yeah. because they're not allowed to build multi-unit apartment complexes because of the 25 different environmental impacts studies that have to be done, which takes almost... 15 years for you to put up a 100-unit apartment complex. That's ridiculous. And that's what causes the housing shortage sure. in California. Right. Which, 
uh, Mr. Edder, um, who is Larry Ed Edder? Ed Elder. Elder. If he become, where are we? If he can become the governor <laughs> of California, that would be amazing. So I'm excited to see that. But I, I, I give you the point that I don't, we're, this is nowhere near compared to the last housing problem and the housing cycle. People don't have no, six or seven, five the circumstances, or six right. mortgages, and no one has going through like four refis. Well, and the banks have been much more careful about who they've been yeah. put, giving loans yeah. out to. So much money. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and so what this really is, is truly, I think, an alignment, you know, especially now when you have people going back back to their jobs and some of them are going back virtually, mm -hmm. you know, and people are, you know, not everybody's going back to a physical office, you know, and, and in some cases, that's a permanent thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of companies and, are making that, right. that change. You yeah. know, and so there's, go there's going to be a huge shift, uh, I think, in that regards that has already taken place, but the, the dust hasn't quite settled on it yet. Well, all the people are already moving to the burbs. I mean, yeah. I just, I mean, I live in, you know, Ruskin, so I'm in, like, South Shore, right? But I love Podunk, my little South neighborhood. County. My neighborhood's amazing. But um, I mean, but we're seeing big changes of a lot of younger people moving down to that area now because yeah. there's still land. It's still relatively affordable. And if you don't have to drive into the city anymore, and now you can work remote, it's worth it. Your family is is getting space. You're you're it's yeah. you're getting the money's worth. And if you don't have to be near the city, they're moving out of the city for that. What they paid for an apartment, they can get a a, a very nice house. Yeah. So no, I. I don't think it's going to be the the multi-million uh, units uh, that they're talking about. The Goldman Sachs is saying it might be about 750,000 homes that are that are going to be affected by this. And again, you can provide if the Congress could get their shit together, then they would pass laws that say that you can't just kick someone out if they've been paying in the past, or you have to at least try a forbearance for a few months. Like they can do what needs to get done to keep these people in their, in their homes. But this, yeah. the, this current uh, administration and this current Congress is going to do no such thing, which is going to piss off a lot of independent. Well, I mean, they can't even tie their shoes right. No, I mean, they can't do anything. Right. And so we're going to see how bad it gets because this is going to make it even worse. Because now you have states like, was it California, Illinois, New Jersey, New York? are going to continue their bans. Yeah. Those people that own property and own land in that thing are going to pay to make sure those people get kicked out in the next round. Sure. Well, and, and, and we're talking about builders, developers, mm -hmm. you know, who have a lot of influence, have a lot of money, you know, who are, are, I'm sure they are frothing at the mouth for the midterms that come along, you know, to get some of these people out because they've, you know, again, you know, we've seen this with a lot of major personalities, you know, a lot of like celebrities and a lot of people who have, you know, platforms, you know, who, who have seen the curtain pulled back. You know, and so one of the people that I think is most obvious that most people are familiar with is Joe Rogan, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, and he said, he goes, man, he goes, before COVID, I didn't really think governors mattered. I didn't think mm -hmm. mayors mattered. He goes, but once I saw what was happening in California, in my own town, in my own state, he goes, I was out of there. It's he all goes, about your local government. Sure. I mean, you it. can't stress They don't it realize, enough. they don't realize all how much it's, yeah, government. how much it's, and now, you know, and that actually should, uh, maybe. I'll probably save it. Uh, well, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for the end of the show uh, if we get to our one last thing. So. Oh, are we, are we allowed to do a one last Maybe. Thing? We'll oh, see. I don't, I don't know. Behave. Maybe what kind of, should I be showing my papers to make sure everything's good to go? <laughs> I, I am curious what you guys' thoughts are from from the um, 
the eviction moratorium, though, the whole point of it was that, it, you know, it was to prevent the spread of COVID. That's it such really. Bullshit. So, so what. Well, no, no, you know, no. That wasn't it. It was the fact that all the businesses no, shut down. And no, people, no, 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 no. The passage That's that the they used in order CDC. to justify it was it is to prevent the spread mm -hmm. of the disease is actually what started the whole oh, thing. Wow. So what I'm curious about is do we think that as this changes and as certain cha states are, are changing their rules, do we think that we're going to see an uptick? And I use quotation marks because I think it's all bullshit. But so are we going to see an uptick or do we think that it's going to actually have any effect on, on the COVID rates at all? The fact that people no. keep on talking like that is what's dangerous. The reason why they were questioning opening um, evacuation centers in Louisiana was because they didn't want there to be a spike in COVID uh, cases. And you're like, there's a cat four coming down. Right. And yeah. you're, up, you're focusing on the pandemic right now? Well, that's the thing. This administration <laughs> is claim is is not claiming. They are showing that they genuinely care more about COVID yes. than they do about Afghanistan, than yep. they do about Louisiana yep. and this hurricane, than they do about anything else that's happening in this country. Um, and and they're going to suffer for it. I mean, I think the midterms are going to be, I think, a bloodbath oh, at this point. Blood. That's as um, local as it can get with the congressional districts. And at this point, I don't see how Joe Biden gets reelected in twenty four. Um, it's obviously. I don't see how he say. makes it through the term. I agree with that. Okay, but, but I, 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 let's just say then, let's kind of generalize. I don't see how Democrats win in twenty four. My thing is this, and this will go into the presidential <laughs> conversation: is that the weaker Biden gets, the more likely Trump will run again. And I say this not really wanting him to run because yeah. I feel that we need new blood and we need his. He became president. He had his time. Yeah, yeah, he's had his time. He needs to move on. The problem is the weaker the Joe Biden goes, the more likely Trump will jump will jump in because I don't know if the Democrats have the stomach to put Biden out to pasture mm -hmm. and to bring up Kamala because if that happens. Well, yeah, Trump is definitely going to be president yeah. again. And yeah. people are going to question if he's allowed to be president another four years after that. No, Kamala's going to give it a go, but the Democrats are, are, I'm pretty sure. I mean, again, she didn't make it past the primary. No. She barely made it into the home stretch of the primary. Yeah. She, you know, she, she was one of the first ones to go. She didn't get to her state primary. She didn't even get to her right. state programming. Yeah, and which so, they wouldn't have voted for her anyway. No, they hate her. Yeah, and so that's the real conversation: is what's gonna, what is this gonna look like come after midterm? If if there is a bloodbath at the midterms, then God only knows what's gonna happen at the at the at the um, in twenty twenty four. Right. By, um, um, DeSantis is not going to run against Trump. No one, no, no one will no, run against yeah, Trump. No legit Republican will run against Trump. Chill and take a step back and talk to Daddy DeSantis first. Again, I would love. I would, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure they're having conversations. I mean, you know, now the thing becomes though is if, if because Trump's a Florida resident. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, or I mean, historically it's never happened to have two people on the same ticket from the same state. I don't think DeSantis I would like to would see it. DeSantis chill as our governor for a longer time because I think, like I said, it's all about your local government. I, I really want to see him stick with us. I, I think there are some other candidates out there that would make a, a great opportunity for 2024. If, if Trump doesn't run in 24, DeSantis will run yes. in 24, and he'll be an amazing president. I'd love to see him with Nikki Healy. I agree. That'd be I a mean, good that is my ticket. That is what up. I want. <laughs> All right. Last time we had a ticket, it did not happen. So. I know. No. <laughs> yeah. so. All right, everybody. Thank you so much again for watching The Yard Side. And Evil David Cabrera, Jody Loops, Joe, joining me on today's show. Uh, we, see, we appreciate you so much for watching. Uh, let's go ahead and back to uh, our topics. Uh, don't forget you can download the audio version of our show over on uh, Apple, Audible, on Amazon, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, 
uh, I don't know, I lost, I normally have an order there, but uh, you get the point. And make sure to like, follow, comment, share, uh, so we can continue to build our audience here. Thank you everybody for watching. Uh, follow the science, again, as we continue to see uh, in our schools, increasing uh, COVID cases. Um, and uh, of course, everyone wants to continue to point the finger at Florida. You know, for um, meanwhile, in terms of death, New York continues to uh, outperform everybody. And in uh, and, and California as well. Um, and so, you know, there's actually been a friend of mine who we've been going back and forth today on following the science, right? You know, and especially with the masking of school kids, you know. And so we, we at least agreed on the fact that, um, you know, kids five and under shouldn't be wearing masks, all right? According to the WHO, the CDC refuses to take that stance. Um, you know, but that, that, again, that is what it is. I mean, and so it's almost becoming now because the CDC has become a mouthpiece of this administration. Uh, we knew that was going to happen. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing pushback by the media attacking Ron DeSantis on things like Regeneron and the monoclonal uh, treatments that are available. Uh, of course, they continue to make some claim that he's not... Uh, pushing the vaccines, even though with every chance he gets, he, he tells you to do that. He encourages yeah. people to, to get their vaccines. Um, and so what what do we think the next stage is? I mean, you know, we're seeing the numbers start to drop off already uh, for this Delta variant. Um, the, some hospitals are claiming they're overwhelmed. Um, you know, some are making claims that children's hospitals are, are also overwhelmed. Uh, I mean, but again, we saw that the lockdowns really didn't accomplish much. If anything, made things worse. What we're seeing now, especially among the children, is that they're getting it at home. They're actually not catching it at school. Um, and so a lockdown would only exacerbate the, you know, the contagion. So, so what, what's, what are the next steps here? And, and you know, I think the New York Post said today that uh, they're talking with the Biden, Fauci and, uh, and the Biden administration are talking about um, having booster shots like every, you know, three months or every, you know, uh, or like five times a year or something ridiculous like that? I think what's going to happen is that now that we've had pretty long sense of time to more do more case studies, do more reviews, do more peer reviews, you're going to see more and more scientific evidence to show that this is more of a a normal respiratory issue that was brand new, so it affected a lot of individuals, mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to figure out how to contain this on a yearly basis, like the like the flu shot, which will which will start occurring. A study out of Israel show with almost seven hundred and fifty thousand individuals participating in the in the case study showed broke the individuals down into three categories: those that have received the vaccine, two shots; those that received that had COVID and recovered, and those that had COVID recovered and received the shot and show that there was uh, a 13% more likelihood of you not catching a second case of COVID with the natural antibodies developed in your bloodstream, showing that you had recovered from a full-blown attack. The difference that's showing that you, when you didn't have it, but you did have the vaccine, is that the T and, oh, I'm going to say it wrong, the T and the B cells did not get a full um, picture of what the, uh, the COVID-19 only got a, a sample of it because the vaccine only has a sample of it. Like Whereas, a spike. like a spike. But if you have the, but if you 
receive the full COVID-19 actually getting sick and then recovering from that, now you have antibodies. So before they were saying it couldn't last more than a year. Now after the study from Israel, it's showing that it's between 8 to 15 months now that you could have antibodies. My wife and I, we go get our blood drawn every single month to see if we have antibodies and we do. And so I think now that conversation needs to be had. If you can show that you've received, you have antibodies and you've recovered, then what is the point of getting another vaccine? And I don't think at any time, and so reading all the reports from Israel, it said this shouldn't mitigate you from getting the vaccine. If you haven't had COVID, then you should probably get the vaccine. If you're over the age of 65, you should probably get the vaccine. That is an, that's a very normal conversation for people to have. For people to start demanding that you have to get the vaccine no matter what is where it goes above and beyond. And I think that's what we're starting to see. A lot of people push back through the courts because now that the courts are aligning with the CDC, well, going against the CDC, you're going to start seeing more and more of these people start to fight back. You can always tell when an evil is researching something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he gets kind of quiet and he gets very direct, and, and then he just goes like right into it. He looks right at <laughs> yeah. it. We he don't just even goes. want to interrupt because you can. Like, yeah, it was a fascinating study. So you're going to see more things out of Sweden and more things out of Europe. I mean, there's another one coming out where it's I think it's uh, over a million from like the Middle East, the Mediterranean, and Europe, where it's like, okay, now this is what it's looking like. Right. If Europe doesn't require you to have a passport, a vaccine passport, then why on earth are the Americans forcing that? Because if you can prove that you have the antibodies, mm -hmm. that means that you're good to go. You've had it and you were able to fight it off. And that was one of the criteria, I think, for, for some of the EU nations that are doing the vaccine passports. Mm -hmm. You can just prove that you've had a recovery. Correct. Which is standard for pretty much all of the vaccinations, Correct. right? Like even if you if you got something before, you don't necessarily have to get a shot or a vaccination, even for the things we have, if you can prove you've recovered. Yeah. Case in point, chicken pox parties mm -hmm. when we were children. I mean, if mm -hmm. somebody got it, you were playing with those kids all week <laughs> and everybody was getting chicken pox all at the same time and that's what you did. And then you didn't need to get a vaccination unless you were an adult and you didn't get it as a kid and then you would get the vaccination and then the odds of you getting, uh, you know, is it shingles in adults? I think it yeah, becomes shingles. shingles in adults. So the, the odds of you getting shingles as an adult was lessened because you had the vaccine. But, you know, I mean, I think of it like that. Like, I mean, I remember... All the kids. It would be like everybody play together, touch all the stuff, right? Like right. just get get the germs, scratch that kid, mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean, so I'm not sure where our mentality broke from that. I think it's the fear mongering. It's but. so it's it's more or less that science, the 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 medical industry decided to be a, and it's the Trump to syndrome. It's it's orange man bad. Anything that Trump Anything. said, Trump. then it has to be wrong. Anything yeah. that, that DeSantis said has to be wrong because they're Republicans and they're men and like all of this anger that they have towards it. When it comes to the chicken pot situation, chicken pot, <laughs> chicken pot situation, it's not the fact that we should put little kids together for them to get the disease. It's the fact that once you had it, there was no need for you to get the vaccine. That you were okay. Yeah. Right. You were okay. Right. That's the, and the people get so upset. You want your children to get the, you want your children to get COVID? Like, no. But, but if they, if they had, did get it as kids, it wouldn't be as bad as them getting it as an adult. I do go back to we should put the kids with COVID together. I don't know. I, I mean, that's I, I'm not I a scientist. Not, I won't go that far, but I will say 
for generations, the scientific evidence has been if you received it, that means you have the antibodies, so then you don't need to get the vaccine. Like, right. okay. So then now we're having a situation where in the, in, only in the United States, we are talking about getting a third shot and a fourth and fifth shot. And oh, yeah. yet we have, was it, I think five or six billion people that have yet to receive even one shot. I'm And so the simple fact is, is that we are, as Americans, we are so focused on Americans making sure that everyone gets the vaccine when we're now talking about third and fourth shots and we should be sending this stuff overseas because they are even in worse medical situations than we are. And again, it just, it just it annoys me that this eventually will be like, well, now you have to pay $150 for a shot every single year. That's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely right. ridiculous. And again, so... Well, it's going to go to the insurance company Companies, our rates are going to go up. Yeah. It's going to cause the whole thing. I mean, it's 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 not going to be. Yeah, I walk in and pay the one fifty. It's, it's just going to perpetuate the problem that we have with our healthcare. So where is the money? Where is this money going to be starting to come from? Because it's I, all the I, fake money I that truly, they print. Oh, we're not starting this conversation. It, it's fake we're, money. We're not starting it's, this conversation. Is it Bitcoin? No. Is it? It's <laughs> fake. It's fake money. <laughs> Bitcoin isn't money. Bitcoin isn't an asset. Bitcoin is whatever you want to pay for it, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> Jonathan. I'm trying to find the no, I'm over here. I'm trying to find the uh, the article that I was just talking about. Um, because again, I mean the headline, it seems ridiculous. It seems ridiculous, but it, it's actually pretty frightening. Um, so uh, let me see. Um, I'm trying to pull it up. It's Biden and Fauci, anyways. It's uh, it's on the New York Post. Um, but basically it's all playing right into these pharmaceutical companies' mm -hmm. hands as well because this is what they want. They want they want you on a regular schedule. So now, and and then the truth is, is that again, you know. So what about the people who can't afford to go see a doctor? Mm -hmm. What about the people they who already don't have miss major right? healthcare you know, milestones sure. and, and have a higher risk of developing like cancers and stuff because they don't go to even get right. preemptive care. So are they going to go get a shot now? And, yeah. you know, probably not, you no, know, there was, I mean. There was research in, in New York City talking about how the majority of people that don't want the vaccine are from the African, the brown communities. And they're like, so you're going to require brown people to get a piece of paper showing that they're, they've been vaccinated? Like, are you really yeah. going to go to that direction? The same people who claim that they, they're not smart enough or have the means or the resource to get an ID. Oh, the fact that is so racist when when liberals say things like that, it's just it's mind boggling that they get away with it because yeah. they're that they're that ignorant. Sure. And in, in in study in case study after case study that you're telling me that you that brown people don't know where to Here get it is. Where, where to get a, a license, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You have the same people that for what, two years ago talking about punch a Nazi in the face and are asking you about your papers. I mean, this is it's just it's getting absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, that is the second time in one show that we've well, and again, about even even if love because again. No, no demographic is at 100%, right, in terms of uh, of who has gotten their vaccination, yeah. right? Um, but, yes, predominantly among minority groups, they have, they have received the vaccine at a lower rate. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you're going to segregate people based on whether or not they have the vaccine. You know, so, again, like, th this is basically just a another form of racial segregation mm -hmm. because now you're going to punish the people who either didn't have the means to or the time to or the resources to go get a vaccine. Now you're going to tell them that they can't go shopping, that they can't go out, that they can't travel, that they can't, you know, and who do you think the predominant people that do have the resource to do that is? You do know, and so, you know, this is simply another form of segregation that, that they're trying to pass under the guise of public health.
I wonder if there's almost a subconscious thought process that, that happens between minority groups and um, people of color and where once upon a time we were the guinea pigs and, and we were the ones experimented on. And I just, I wonder if that subconsciously plays into any of our decisions to, to be vaccinated or not. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not because I, I worry about having children in the future and like, I don't even get flu shots. So like, to me, yeah. I don't want to be the statistic that is, I took it and then something happened. I'd rather be sure. the statistic that I got COVID and whatever happened, right? Like I, I would pick one over the other, but I just wonder if subconsciously we just have something that says, this sounds familiar. This has happened to my ancestors. I mean, we were experimented on for so many different things, right? right? Like, and so is it, I just, I just wonder if, if that's something that's actually happened, happening in people's minds and we don't even really realize it. I think, you know? I think the psyche of a lot of individuals in these communities that we're talking about, one, they already don't trust the government. And two, they don't like the idea of being told what to do. Yeah. And so if it was- Yeah, they still vote for more yeah, government, but that's exactly. a whole nother- That's a whole nother conversation. But like, I think the biggest problem was the fact that, and I, I always go back to it, is that you had, a, your Fauci lied to us. Fauci lied about the mask. Sure, Fauci so many times. lied about the vaccines. I mean, these are things that are, are evidential. You can tell. Exactly well, and then Biden goes. and Harris both came out and said that they weren't going to get the vaccine under the Trump administration. That is the most annoying video I've ever seen in my life because you have the governor of New York, Cuomo, yeah. who resigned out of shame because he couldn't keep his hands to himself. Not because he killed thousands of people. No, not because of that. But you have him saying, that, well, he's not going to get the Trump vaccine. When did it become a Trump vaccine? Sure. When did it become that? And they are the ones that did this. They are the ones that caused such division yeah. and divisiveness around the government. They made it the a political football. So now you have, uh, d again, different pockets around the country of like different yeah. states and how they handled it. And now that people are going back to winter and, and people are afraid that New York is going to close down again. If California goes red with the governor, all bets are off. All yeah. bets are off. Because that means, you know, people are pissed off enough to allow that to happen. Right. And you don't need... 50, you don't need, what, 20 million votes to become governor in New York or in California. You just need majority sure. of an election that they're trying to tell Democrats not to vote for. So it's it's phenomenal to see what's going to happen in California if that's going to go red. I think we still have like a month or two to, before that really comes down to, to comes down the pike. Well, the, the other thing, you know, is it would be amazing and it kind of one of those things, you know, where they have in movies like an alternate universe. Like I wonder what the country would currently look like if Trump had gotten reelected and and then obviously the goal still being the same to get the country vaccinated right as a, a way of combating uh, COVID um, and and seeing well you know all these people that are out there lecturing um, and 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 being you know uh, uh, all high and mighty about the vaccine and 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 all that would they still be that way? Obviously not, you know, if Trump had been reelected, right? Because they would have then seen it as the Trump vaccine. Um, and, and, and politically, if, if just for, for that reason alone, not get the vaccine simply because it had been developed under the Trump administration. I don't think that it would have made a difference to the population of the country. I, I think that people have made their vaccination choice on personal preference. I don't mm -hmm. know if they've been influenced by the flip turn of people that said they wouldn't under Trump or, or that they will now or that are forcing it. I, I, I like to think that 
as, as citizens, if people were okay well, because, with that, again, that they've so, just done it. But, but we but saw it. We saw it become the political football. We saw Biden, Harris, celebrities, you know, like news journalists all say, hey, we're not going to go out and get this uh, vaccine because it was created under the Trump administration and we don't know what it's going to be like and we don't know, you know, to then had to reverse course, you know, after the election. So would they have reversed course if Trump had been reelected? I don't think they no, would. I think they no, would they would have stuck to it. I just don't think it would have made a difference to anybody else. I think I think they would have stopped talking about it, honestly. I don't yeah. think they would hold the same stance. I think they would have just stopped talking about it because they lost. And now that they now that they, they won this the cycle, it's gonna be interesting to see how quickly things have 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 fallen apart. You they talked about how the, that Trump was supposed to be this person that was forcing people to do things and to, to get um, the vaccine and, and to, to lose property and rights and everything else. And it's Biden. Yeah. Not even Biden. It's the puppet. It's the puppeteers that ha are holding up Biden during these during these events. Because at the end of the day, you're seeing more and more that Biden has n has no idea what's going on. He does not know who to call. He does not. He does not know how to talk. Who to talk to? This man has been in the off has been in some office or another for forty years, and you no, don't it's know longer than that. And you don't know any of the names of the main um, reporters on the hill yeah. are you in that's insane. I, th I think he's actually been in 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 some form of elected office i think since the early 70s i said reconstruction but i could be wrong yeah that's about right <laughs> reconstruction right. from like the civil yes. war <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that took me a that took me a hot minute. I'm I've been like, thinking of more ways to make comments about his his. Uh, so I did find it, and uh, one of the things we are going to work on is is pulling stuff up like this uh, during the show. But uh, if you want to look on the yeah. New York Post, these laptops are just for they're show. just not doing <laughs> yeah. anything. Um, uh, the headline is Biden and Fauci discuss requiring COVID booster shots every five months. Uh, is the headline from uh, the New York Post. Um, and that's the opening line. President Biden said Friday that uh, he and Dr. Fauci discussed requiring COVID-19 booster shots every five months. Look, I haven't seen my dentist in <laughs> hey, like careful. 10 years. I'm oh, sorry, I go goodness. every quarter. That's I don't know, I don't so, know how you've made it that long. Years. Yeah, look, I don't, I'm just oh exaggerating. I don't know, but it's been a, it's been a while, all right? Uh, I'm not getting a shot every five months, okay? Um, I, you know, it's, it's just not happening. That would be phenomenal to see that guy, them try to push that through the system. I will say you see more and more, um, and this I think is what pisses a, a lot of people, a lot of Americans off is that you see the media showing these articles about people dying because they didn't have COVID, they didn't have the shot and their last dying wish was, I wish I had COVID, I, I wish I got the shot. You see that more and more and you're like, what is the media, I get what the media is trying to do, but it's just pissing more and more Americans off. Don't tell me what to do. Just show me the evidence and let me make the decision I want to make. Because then you have some physicians on morning network news say, well, if someone doesn't have the vaccine, doesn't yeah. get the shot, then we should withhold medical treatment. Do you do that for someone that has having a heart attack after eating at, at Charlie's? Do you do that for someone that's a smoker that has lung cancer? No, you don't do right. any of that. No, it's directly against the Hippocratic Oath. Yes. You know, and, and the, the, the fact that they even have the audacity to come out and say that they're even considering it, I think is they should be stripped they should. Of, of their medical license just for even coming out publicly and, and, and making such a, uh, such a statement. If a military officer gets stripped of his uh, command just because he makes a comment about the, ju the, the judgment of the generals, right. then, uh, then easily a doctor that is talking about 
overrun overcoming his Hippocratic oath should be with, oh uh, yeah should be stripped of theirs. I mean, I don't know if it's like the bar where you can file a complaint, but I would hope somebody's filing. A there complaint. is. It's the same. Uh, it's almost the same system. There is a medical bar and everything. You can so get your, you can get your license to practice in that state revoked. Yeah, no surprise though. Again, you got to look at the cities where this type of you know nastiness is coming from. Um, but uh, kind of here the. This is the, the interesting, uh, you know, almost amusing line from this story, which is Pfizer and Bio and Tech have requested FDA approval for their booster shot, um, uh, for a booster shot for their two-dose vaccine, which is the most widely used option in the U.S., saying data shows a third shot improves the body's ability to fight the virus. Data shows. A third shot. Data shows wearing five masks reduce the oxygen levels that are coming in, so then you get less oxygen <laughs> to the brain, but less likely to get COVID. I mean, yes, anything like that is going to happen. And you saw people in D.C. and parts of New York. How about they just give me the third shot first, and we'll just call it even. Yeah, isn't that the one that's supposed to do stuff? Or, like, with all these variants out there, shouldn't I only get the last shot? Isn't that the one, like... Like closest to what's happening. Did we ever figure out if it's going through the same thing like a hurricane season? Like every different. Well, they variant, get a new name. They get a new name. Yeah, they, the using... Delta variant, the yeah. Lima variant, the I Lambda. Mean, They've Lambda. already got it lined up for like the next okay. like. I didn't like know. 20 didn't years know. of what the variants of this is going to be. Well, I wish sadly, I had it. I might find it for next. <laughs> sadly, somebody said this is going to be like the like the flu. Yeah. Where for it's, it's going to be around forever. Um, but it's and not, that's not sad. That's reality. Even today, so Ron DeSantis was in Tampa talking about this and talking about the Metacorian um, uh, facilities that they have here in the state. They, yeah, I definitely what? said that wrong. Monoclonal. Monoclonal. <laughs> I'm purposely saying that. And so right now the state of Florida has 22 sites where you're able to get that kind of treatment if you have COVID, feeling the symptoms, and you want to get it's a treatment. Yeah. And he is getting blasted by other parts of the country because they're talking that he's, he's not, he's like anti-vaxxing. And in every press conference he has to say, look, we want you to get the vaccine. That's why we have all these sites here. Right. You get the vaccine right now. But he knows that... But well, if you that, don't, here's another he's option. Right. He yeah. knows that a lot of people are not going to get the vaccine, so yeah. here's an alternative option. he knows option. us in Florida where yeah. we've been like, hey, buddy, we're going to participate for like a little bit, but and from then, there we want to make back, our own choices. Yeah, I need to get back on my boat. Yeah. Well, and these, these monoclonal... Those three weeks were really hard. It was very difficult. It was very not, difficult yeah, when the yeah, gas yeah. at my marina shut down Do and we couldn't go out on the boat anymore. how difficult <laughs> it was when we couldn't get a reservation at Burns? I oh. was... Oh I was God. flummished. I could not <laughs> deal with it. First it was, it was such a horrible uh -huh. thing. And then the audacity that we had to wait in line to get uh, food from other restaurants. And they're coming in like these plastic containers. I have no idea what's going on. But I will say this. Yeah, mind you, it's awful. It, it, it amuses me, too, how quiet, you know, the, the environmental oh. movement has gotten in all of this. About how much to-go containers sure. everything. Everything is plastic. Everything is. plastic bags anymore. And now it's everywhere. Right. All I'm saying is styrofoam. That's, that's when it's you all, know we're back. Yeah. When, when the environmentalists <laughs> get back on CNN. That's when you know we're going. Yeah, yeah, we're back on the right track. <laughs> I do want to say my neighbor got that treatment, and she really thinks it made a really big difference in her COVID recovery. I'm trying to get. I, I mean, have. Uh, I know an individual that's sick right now with COVID, and he's over the age of 50. I'm telling. I'm trying to tell him, get get the treatment. I'll drive you there is, right now. Yeah, right. either go there or go to the urgent and, center, and, and they'll give and you a this referral. Is, and this is the problem. The media has scared so many people. He has. Um, well, they don't know which way's he up. He has diabetes, and he has uh, high blood sugar, a high blood pressure. He probably and needs so to go get the treatment. And so he is like, he's listening to his doctor, and his doctor was like, well, we're not going to give you the shot. 
now. So you sh and he's like, he doesn't want to put anything in his body because he's so afraid of any kind of a reaction sure. because right. he gets that from the news. And I'm like, this is why I'm so annoyed with the media. And I'm so annoyed with Fauci that I honestly feel we need someone else to be talking because I just don't believe anything Fauci says anymore. Oh, we might be back to normal come the spring of 2022. How is he still in that position? How has he not been fired? You because are, they can't fire him now then because it that, that, then it seems like he was screwing up in the, when right. Trump was yeah. criticizing him too. They're probably going to promote him to something at this point. Well, that's right? what happened. Well, he's already the highest paid government official. Yeah, well, that's I mean, in the country. That's it, I mean, well, instead they how just, ridiculous you know, is that? invested oh, in makes, his wife. Makes what happened with sense. that? I don't know. Anyway, oh, I don't know about that. I that's digress. a whole other rabbit hole. I digress. But, I digress. All right, one last thing, everybody. Let's hey. get this show uh, wrapped up as uh, we're now uh, just past the one hour mark. Look at that. Oh. Right? So, um, so let's not spend um, 20 minutes on this. On the board. Are, are we allowed <laughs> to talk? Uh, we're going to talk so, about the, Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. So, a little, okay, I just want to. Okay. <laughs> so I actually. So. I so I was I was gonna hold back on one my what my one last thing was gonna be and I've now kind of drawn a blank as to what that was. So Anibal, since this is your favorite segment, I'll let you go ahead and kick us off. <laughs> so do I get the first camera? Which, which camera I'm looking at right now? This one right here. <sighs> Two years ago there was a camera. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you get you start talking softer. I do. My voice starts to go monotone. You know, and start to drop the accent a little bit. I Oh, thank you. <laughs> Elizabeth Holmes, um, of four oh years ago, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Can you at least let me talk a little? Elizabeth Holmes, the one-time billionaire and media darling of a tech startup that said that she, they could actually therefume, uh, therfume, theranum, whatever. They said that they were able to do testing on a larger Theranos. Theranos. And they were able to do testing on a larger level with cheaper, making it cheaper. It was going to be a huge discovery and breakthrough with diabetes and other uh, blood-related diseases. However, she was lying through her teeth the entire time. And her excuse has been all startups lie to their investors when they're starting, which is not technically false either. However, with the random amount of, of lying, um, buying uh, merchandise from third parties, and then allowing it to go into like CVS's and Walgreens and then being tested that they weren't doing anything, the whole thing fell apart. So at one time, the first made, first official billion, self-made billionaire female at the young age, I think it's like 22, 24. It was a ridiculous number. Uh, today started her trial, and I look forward to seeing what that comes down to. Uh, she is preg pretty pregnant. Um, a lot of things are coming out now. She was um, she was faking her voice when she would talk to the public. Right. She would purposely um, over dye her hair so that she would make she would make herself look more attractive to investors. It's just it's a deep dive in how quickly people are willing to to believe anything. And you had in like dignitaries on her board. You had um, 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 I'm trying to think. He's uh, I think two or three past state. Uh, um, Secretary of State's on her board, and they they loved her because she was a young, oh, had a huge independent names. woman. Yeah, they so, had huge names in terms of investors and uh, and people on the executive board. Yeah, so right now she's facing ten counts of uh, fraud and two counts of conspiracy, and she's officially pleaded not guilty. At one time, the company was valued at nine billion dollars, but I want, but investors have dumped more than seven hundred million of their shares out of it to be able to get done. It is no longer a company; it's completely defunct. But we'll see what happens. All right. I mean, that's a good, look, it's a fascinating story. Um, there's already been, like, some small movies made out of it. Uh, ABC had made a great podcast uh, that, that's available 
uh, on Apple uh, on that particular story. They kind of, you know, kind of went in chronological order. Yeah, it's fascinating that somebody would even be able to get away with something like that yeah. um, because it certainly seems like something that would be much more uh, along Regulated. the lines of a story. Mm -hmm. Well, no, and something that much more along the lines of like a movie that you would see rather than something that you would think could actually happen. happen. And for this girl to basically fool this many powerful people, raise this, you know, this amount of money, again, billions of dollars, oh, excuse me, and get away with it um, is... Um, is is crazy. It's just it's just bizarre to me. And she might get you away know? with it. And she uh, might get away with it. She could. I mean, you know, her her excuses are pretty weak. But you know, again, we don't really punish our white collar crimes. Well, too she's a young white female, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> Probably throw the book at her this time. Mm. So, how about you, Jody? Yeah. So my one last thing is not going to be as long as Enables. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's refreshing. I really just want to say thank you to all of our service members. No matter where you have served um, or when you have served, I just want to do a big thank you. I, I don't think that you get enough credit and I don't think that we recognize enough of what you have gone through so that we can sit here or what mm -hmm. you have gone through and experienced so that we can have the lives that we have and the rights that we have to be able to talk about these things that we do or vaccinations or just for me to be a female and in the positions that I'm in and I I am I am forever grateful and, and I just thank you so much and anyone that has served in Afghanistan I just want you to know that nothing was in vain um, and that there really isn't anything else you can do for, for our veterans that are home and have been worried about their allies and, and their friends and people that protected them while they were there. Just know that a lot of America is behind you and, and we think the same way that you are and I'm just forever thankful and, and grateful to you for that. Well, thank you, Jody, for that note. Thank you so much for being back, uh, yeah, for joining for us again me. tonight. You know, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can uh, twist your arm to come back a little more often. Yeah, I loved it. It was good. It was good <laughs> to get back in the back in the saddle over here. All right. My little good. research. We're, we're good today. Uh, your TikTok research. <laughs> I'm telling you what. I'm going to send some of the things for the next time I come because no, you might be right. surprised. You might be surprised how good stuff. how good it is when you yeah. aren't just looking at just certain. Th I mean, you got to search it out. A little bit but well i think when, when you have such a small amount of time to post something you're also going to leave out a lot of the bs yes. that's exactly it. you know so you got to get to the meat of whatever it is you're mm -hmm. posting so yep. um well jonathan what is your last thing i can't remember you st i honestly i couldn't remember i was going to mention it during one of our topics and then i said oh I'll hold off and uh, and now I can't remember. Next time you'll write it down on the notepad on that laptop. Yeah, yeah I know. I think like, it was actually. Notes I think it was actually the Biden Fauci story. Oh. Um, but now I can't remember. Well, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for watching this year, <laughs> this week's. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you again, Anibal David Cabrera, Jody Lopes. Uh, again, your host as always, Johnny Torres. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to the audio version of the podcast over at the Tech Overlords at Google, Apple, Spotify, Audible, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. Uh, you can also catch the video versions of this on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, we'd love to hear from you as far as topics and what you think about the show. So again, on any of our social media platforms, feel free to DM us uh, or leave us uh, a little note in the comments. Uh, on behalf of my guests, this has been The Yard Sign. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
Bye.